I think the Packers injury report is longer than my son's Christmas list. That's bad for everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lombardi Time Brews. I am your host, John Delray. Today, we are looking at Packers versus Cowboys. That's right, previewing the game of the week. Mike McCarthy's big homecoming to Lambeau Field. Uh, Before we dive into that, just a few general announcements, including the injury report for both teams before I get into the full matchup. One, if you're interested in the memorabilia side of things, don't forget there's a big signing in Green Bay tomorrow being Saturday. Kenny Clark, Josiah DeGuara, and Aaron Jones all doing autographs. Second, on a personal note, uh, thank you for standing by the scheduling changes this week. As I said yesterday, it was a very up and down week for me, just in another area of life, because, you know, I have those. Um, So definitely an up and down week, but uh, glad I was still able to get videos out. Glad I'm still here today. Um, And beyond that, let's dive right into the injury report, and then let's go. Let's go straight into Packers-Cowboys. So the injury report, this is the questionable, the problem. No, not probable anymore. That's not a thing. But this is the questionables, the outs, the doubtfuls for both teams. And holy buckets is the Packers list longer than the Dallas Cowboys. Let's start with the visiting team, the stars on their helmets, the Dallas Cowboys. Both of them, the Packers, know well. Ezekiel Elliott, he's been listed as questionable. Now, he did get in some limited practices. Jerry Jones said realistically he's going to be good to go. From everything he's seen, he looks fine. So that's not official. He still does have the questionable tag, but it certainly looks like Ezekiel Elliott will be making his return, which frankly might be a good thing for the Packers. And then also Anthony Barr, linebacker who Packer fans know quite well. He of the longtime, longtime Minnesota Viking He, uh, worst enemy of Aaron Rodgers' collarbone, Anthony Barr is out for this game. Now, I did see some murmuring out there that even though he wasn't going to play in this game, he did help uh, defensive coordinator of the Cowboys, Dan Quinn, prep for this game substantially. Barr obviously knows Rodgers well. They went up against each other a lot throughout the years, so... Um, Barr offered whatever wisdom he could to the Dallas defensive side of the ball, even though he's going to miss this game. On the Packers side, this is lengthy, y'all. David Bakhtiari markdown is questionable. Now, he did get in back-to-back limited practices. As I've said before, he's probably going to have the questionable tag for a while now, uh, ever since it's gotten just kind of unsteady with that knee again. So he's questionable, but I would assume he's going to play. Chris Barnes, the inside linebacker, he's doubtful. Devondre Campbell, the inside linebacker, is out. Romeo Dobbs, as we all know, out. Shamar Jean Charles, still out. Eric Stokes, out. In fact, to add one note to that, Matt LaFleur said in his press conference this morning that they probably have seen what they need to see from Eric Stokes' injury, and it is unlikely that he plays for the rest of the season. He wasn't willing to officially commit to that but it is unlikely he plays again this year. And then a new one on the list today, Amari Rogers. The Packers cannot afford 
another injury at wide receiver, and yet here we are. Amari Rodgers gets a questionable tag due to a quadriceps injury. Now, that's brand new on the injury report. He did still get in a limited practice today. You have to believe if Amari Rodgers can't go, that they're going to be making some kind of adjustment to the 53, calling up a practice squad player, getting Winby onto the 53, perhaps by putting Stokes on IR. We just don't know yet, but Amari Rodgers, as of right now, has the questionable tag. So, Cowboy, damn Dallas Cowboys coming on, coming on back to Green Bay, where they lost the Ice Bowl, where they've won several times, but, you know, where Dez did not catch it. Here we are. Dallas Cowboys, they are 6-2, tied for second in the NFC East with the New York Giants. Their two losses on the year come against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the Bucs have been up and down. Eagles have been an absolute powerhouse, so you can't really spread a lot of shame for those two losses. They are coached by good, good old friend Mike McCarthy. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, it was going around earlier this week, the, the clip of Mike McCarthy talking at a press conference uh, where he talked about what it is that he misses about Green Bay, how meaningful it is to come back to Green Bay. Um, he actually got a bit teary talking about his daughters being raised in Green Bay. Um, you know, if you've kind of forgotten the the man that Mike McCarthy is, maybe go check that out because it's it was good to watch. It was good to watch. You know, I've always been one of the opinion that Mike McCarthy, when his time came to an end, realistically, there were a number of things in Green Bay that had run its course. But one thing I never wavered on was the fact that he was a good man. And he certainly did a lot of great things for Green Bay. And I hope he gets that warm reception on Sunday that the Super Bowl winner deserves. So yes, Mike McCarthy, this is his third year with the Cowboys. His first year there, he went 6-10 and as they were kind of rebuilding. But last year, he went 12-5. and this year thus far, 6-2. and two. Now, we know that his situation in Dallas is is fragile. Even coming into this year off of a 12-5 and five season, there was a lot of speculation that Jerry Jones didn't exactly help in terms of whether Mike McCarthy would be able to hang on to that job past this year. Dan Quinn has done a hell of a job as their defensive coordinator. There was some belief that maybe he would get bumped up to the head coaching job if McCarthy faltered at all. But here we are, 6-2. and two. Dallas Cowboys are certainly making their push in the NFC. Other names that I just want to highlight because the Dallas Cowboys assistant coaching staff is just stuffed with names the Packer fans are going to know. First of all, Rob Davis, long time, long snapper for the Packers. He worked in the front office. He is the assistant head coach to Mike McCarthy. Joe Philbin, who offensive coordinator for years in Green Bay, was our interim head coach right after McCarthy got fired. But Joe Philbin is their offensive line coach. Former backup quarterback Scott Tolzien is even coaching down in Dallas. He is an assistant on their staff. Joe Witt Jr., very long time, secondary defensive backs, cornerbacks. I forget all the titles he had because it changed quite a bit. But Joe Witt Jr. now is coaching in Dallas. He's their secondary and defensive pass game coordinator. And then former Green Bay Packer cornerback Al Harris is the defensive backs coach for the Dallas Cowboys. So, a lot of familiarity, not necessarily between the players of these teams, but just a lot of names ingrained between these two teams that you just you just know from years past. So what's new with the Dallas Cowboys? How does this team look different than the 12-5 and team that they were last year? Well, their top four draft picks were as follows. Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle. Sam Williams, the edge player. Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver. And Jake Ferguson, the tight end. 
Now, of them, Tyler Smith is perhaps the most notable. Uh, Smith has been playing in every game at tackle, and he's done a pretty good job as an offensive tackle, uh, as a rookie. Uh, he does appear to be a better run blocker than pass blocker. That's actually the case for both of the tackles of Dallas, uh, so certainly something to keep an eye on. In terms of free agent additions and losses, this is a team that actually, on paper, you would think it took a step back from its 12-5 and record, but it's not seeming to be the case on the field. Who did they add? They added wide receiver James Washington, and they added edge player Dante Fowler. But who did they lose? Well, they lost wide receiver Cedric Wilson, they lost Randy Gregory, they lost Amari Cooper, and they lost Lyle Collins. I mean, that is some talent that left Amari Cooper famously got traded to Cleveland for a couple bags of potatoes, something like that, because Lord knows it wasn't much. Lyle Collins, um, the offensive tackle now in Cincinnati. Dallas doesn't seem to be missing him too incredibly much, even with their rookie and... um, and other younger tackle that they have starting. Randy Gregory, the edge player. Cedric Wilson, the wide receiver. I, that's, that is some talent that left that didn't completely get replaced. And yet, here we are, 6-2 and two Dallas Cowboys. So how do they rank overall? Well, let's cover the defense first. That is truly the shiny object in the room for the Dallas Cowboys. It, their defense is legit. I mean, it's good. They're only giving up 16.6 points per game. That's third best in the NFL. In terms of passing, they only give up 178.4 passing yards per game. That's fourth best in the NFL. One of the only teams better than them? It's the Green Bay Packers at 170.6 yards per game, who rank second. (laughs) Uh, That might be one of the only things that you hear Green Bay ranking better than Dallas in, so I just wanted to point that out. Now, rush defense. This is perhaps where they're vulnerable. Now, this is not a defense that gives up many points. It is not a defense that gives up a lot through the air. But it is a defense that can give up some yardage on the ground. Thus far, they're giving up 135.1 yards on the ground. That is ninth worst in the NFL. If you're wondering where Green Bay ranks, because Green Bay's run defense has been maligned all year, only three and a half yards more, 138.6 yards per game, which is seventh worst in the NFL. This Dallas defense is very turnover heavy. They force a lot of turnovers. Uh, They've got, you know, they've got the digs, the cornerback. They've got a lot of talent in that secondary with curse. It's a very turnover heavy defense. You know, it's kind of like a lot of the Mike McCarthy defenses that we had in Green Bay when Green Bay was at its peak. Yes, we'll give up some yards in some way, but ultimately we're going to be turnover heavy and we're not going to let you score. It's kind of the Dallas defense again with only 16.6 points per game. You know, good numbers through the air for sure, fourth best in the NFL, and then they can be running, but they just they just don't allow points. In terms of turnover differential, yeah, like I said, they are they're very turnover heavy. They have point or plus six in the turnover differential. Yes, that's plus six. They've got seven giveaways on the year compared to 13 takeaways. That's third best in the NFL at plus six. If you're wondering where the Green Bay Packers happen to rank, it's also tied for third. However, it's third worst in the NFL as the Packers are sitting at negative five following last week's contest against the Lions. How do the Cowboys stack up offensively? What is it that the Dak Prescott-led offense is doing? Well, it's kind of a middle-of-the-road offense thus far. Now, Dak Prescott did miss a number of games. He was replaced by Cooper Rush, his backup, who 
Rush's numbers are slightly worse than Dak's have been since he's come back, but there hasn't been this massive escalation in numbers since Dak has returned a couple weeks ago. Overall, they're putting up 22.9 points per game. That's 14th in the NFL, right in the middle of the field. Another uh, face of the game that they're middle of the field happens to be the rushing game. They're averaging 131.5 rushing yards per game. In terms of passing, they're doing 190.6 passing yards per game, which actually puts them in the lower third of the NFL. And again, the numbers are not tremendously better since Dak has returned. But at the same time, you do know just from watching that Dak is a substantially more talented quarterback than Cooper Rush. So it's more of a threat than it's been, even if the numbers aren't completely bearing it out. So, 3-6 and six Green Bay Packers, who are just, they're struggling everywhere. Like, let's, let's make no bones about it, right? The rushing game, the running game for the Packers, it has worked well when they've turned to it, but they can't survive on that alone. Aaron Jones is banged up, even if he's not on the injury report anymore. A.J. Dillon has not necessarily been living up to expectations. The offensive line has been this ever-changing, revolving door. Even if it's performing well, you can tell it's having an effect on the passing game. Aaron Rodgers and the wide receivers have not been great, we know that, but Aaron Rodgers has been not great along with them. So offensively, they're just, they're a mess, right? We know that. Defensively, they already weren't doing well, and now they're injury-riddled. Rashawn Gary out for the year. Eric Stokes probably out for the year. They did just add Jonathan Abram from Vegas. We're going to see how he integrates himself into this defense, if it makes any difference at all for this weekend. But it's entirely possible with the Stokes injury that we're going to see Darnell Savage go play nickel and Rudy Ford or Jonathan Abram get more snaps at safety. Or maybe they just continue to play Keyshawn Nixon in the slot, considering that he's done a pretty good job there whenever they've asked him to do so. We don't know. How is the defense going to replicate the pressure that Rashawn Gary was able to garner by himself? Well, they're probably going to have to scheme in more pressure. Which is terrifying. Because to scheme in pressure means you're taking people away from something else. Quay Walker, without having Devondre Campbell out there, probably isn't going to be able to be used as a spy or a rusher as much because it's going to be Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie out there with some sprinkling of Eric Wilson, assuming Barnes can't go along with Campbell. There's injuries all over the place for this defense and the offense, and besides that, the guys who are playing have just looked lost and dejected. Do they stand even a chance in hell of beating Mike McCarthy in his homecoming game in Lambeau Field? It's, it's long odds, let's say that. But if they're going to do it, I believe that there are six keys to the game that I'm going to go through briefly that are probably the most important keys that they have to accomplish if they're looking to upset the Cowboys. Number one, they have to replicate their run defense success. We know that their run defense has been bad. I already talked about that. But they did do a pretty good job against Detroit last week. Detroit is a very run-heavy offense. Last week, they were led by Jamal Williams, who only had 24 carries for 81 yards. That's 3.4 yards per carry. Even when you factor in Swift and, I believe it was Jackson, the other guy who got the ball for Detroit, you're looking at Detroit only getting 3.9 yards per carry. Now, against Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, they're even better than the guys from Detroit. Like They're, they're just better running backs. 
Pollard especially, in the few weeks that he's been able to go off since Zeke has been hurt, has shown the electricity that everyone knew that Pollard was capable of and very difficult to tackle, which is a very bad mix against Green Bay, who at times really struggles with tackling this year. But they have to, have to shut down the Dallas run game. It's still how Dallas produces the vast majority of their offense. Now, they do have C.D. Lamb. They do have Michael Gallup, who's back and healthy now. They do have talent receiving the ball. They're tight end Schultz. And Dak is back. So it's not like this pass game is empty. But still, if you're going to shut down Dallas, realistically, you have to do so more by shutting down the running game. Key matchup number two in beating the Cowboys. Run the ball. I know, I know, we've been here. I know, I know, you need more than just running the ball. But here's the truth. Dallas's secondary is a bunch of ball hawks who are doing very well this year. This game isn't entirely dissimilar to the game that you played against Buffalo. And offensively, realistically, from a certain planning perspective, it should probably be pretty similar, again, to what you did against Buffalo. The Cowboys' defense is most vulnerable against the run. So, you have to run. Aaron Jones is off the injury report. He should be good to go. Kylan Hill is now back. You've got your full preferred stable of running backs. Dallas's pass defense is lethal. It is good. And I'm not sure after watching this passing game against Detroit that Green Bay should go out and try the same things. Which takes me to point number three. Overall, the Green Bay passing game. Now, I'm going to roll a couple of things into here. One, contain Micah Parsons. Now, we all know how good he is. He's one of the top-rated PFF defenders in the entire NFL. He has eight sacks thus far in the year. In pass rushing alone, he has a 91.3 grade. He is a menace. Ultra-athletic, ultra-technical. Just a astoundingly good football player for their defense. And you have to commit to stopping him. I mean, you have to, even if it's double teams, whatever it's going to take. We already saw, and if you watch the video from Kurt Warner, uh, who, who recovered Aaron Rodgers' game against Detroit, if you watched the QB school with JT O'Sullivan, both of them went through very extensively the game of Aaron Rodgers against Detroit last week. And I know a lot of Aaron Rodgers' defenders are pointing to that, seeing, saying, see, he didn't do anything wrong because there's a lot of stuff going wrong around him. Yeah, but that's glazing over all of the comments that Kurt made about things that could have gone better. And I will say J.T. O'Sullivan was probably more harsh to Rodgers than Warner was. But nonetheless, regardless of where you stand on this issue, the Green Bay passing game has been a mess. And one thing that's undeniable that was identified by both Kurt by J.T. O'Sullivan, is that Aaron Rodgers is not trusting his protection. And it's a little bit of what I talked about the other day. Per the numbers, he is a below-average quarterback when having a clean pocket. Now, part of the reason for that could be, as identified by J.T. and Kurt, that he's not trusting the protection even if it's there. If he sees color, he looks down, which is one of the worst things you can do as a quarterback. And if you allow Micah Parsons, especially with his speed, to get any type of penetration, if Rodgers does that same thing, it's going to spell trouble all game long. 
So you have to dedicate whatever resources you can, whatever you have, to stomping Micah Parsons and making sure that Aaron Rodgers doesn't look down at the rush that's coming at him. Beyond that, when you do utilize pass plays, I don't care if it's the Lafleur offense with motion and sweeps and whatever. I don't care if it's West Coast with screens. or Pick one and stick with it. We This offense at times from a play calling perspective has looked a lot like 2019 when it was this melding of the McCarthy and Lafleur offense. But it was least able to be successful then, probably because of the talent that they had around the ball. But this year, it's not working. They have not shifted their scheming to the personnel that they have. So, if you want to have any chance in this game, it's time. And I don't care which way it is. But one of them has to win out. Number four, also in relation to the passing game, keep Sammy Watkins off the field. I know, you don't have any wide receivers. There's not enough on the roster. But Sammy Watkins is playing terribly. Terribly. You do not have to be a Hall of Fame quarterback to see that. He and Rodgers are just not on the same page. It's clear. And if we're going to live by this whole, like, if you're making mistakes, you get off the field... It's probably time. I don't care how old he is. I don't care what his accomplishments are. I don't care that he's a vet. Play Amari Rodgers. Play Christian Watson. Play Al Lazard. Those should be your three top receivers. Yeah, I'm openly campaigning for Amari Rodgers to see the field more. Those should be your top three wide receivers. They absolutely should be. You can utilize Christian Watson's speed. You don't necessarily need Sammy Watkins' speed, of which he hasn't really shown it, especially since coming back from the hamstring injury. It's been rough. It's been really rough to watch. Number five, no longer let Amari Rodgers return things. I'm not even saying this because he fumbled last week or whatever. I'm just saying, moving forward, Amari Rodgers has to be a part of the offense. Even after Randall Cobb returns, you just don't have enough bodies at wide receiver who are capable, so Amari Rodgers needs wide receiver snaps. And at this point, if that's where he struggled, if that's why you booted him to returners because he struggled on offense, let him dedicate fully to offense and put someone else at returner. I know punt returning is different skill sets than kick returning. And Romeo Dobbs and Randall Cobb are realistically your depth behind Amari. But if Keyshawn Nixon can do it, if Kylan Hill can do it, it, you have to start considering these things to let Amari Rogers just play wide receiver. Last one, number six, and this is a very quick and easy one. You have to replace your losses. I've already covered how just completely injury ravaged this team is. Completely. Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, Devondre Campbell, Romeo Dobbs, the list is long. If you allow any one of those spots that went down to become a gaping hole, then you're probably cooked. I mean, of course, of course, there's going to be a step down from starter to backup. But I'm talking about if you let any one of those spots become this abject liability. Beating Dallas just got a whole lot taller. So can they do it? Can they beat Dallas? Yeah, we certainly hope so. We hope. 
Will they? Uh, logic and recent precedent don't exactly offer a glimmering picture. Could the Packers drop to three and seven? It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible. This team is limping into its bye, and we still have a long way to go. So, can they? Sure. Will we be brooding for it? Oh, absolutely. Is it likely? Not unless some real stuff changes. So, applaud warmly for Big Mike if you're going to be at the game this weekend. Other than that, enjoy the game. Enjoy your weekend. Relish these moments for what they are because whether it's this year, whether it's next, the time is coming where the Packers franchise is going to be undergoing some massive changes. So even if you're watching individual performances, even if you're just reveling in this era one more time, do it. Live in it. Love it. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy the game. And as always, Go Pack Go.